And batons not just once But again and again A hero of war Yeah, that's what I'll be And when I come home They'll be damn proud of me I'll carry this flag To the grave if I must Cause it's a flag Hey guys, 3 in History here again, bringing to you an episode that is a 10 on the explicit scale. Case has worked on this one for a little bit, and we can give it our explicit stamp of approval. Remember to visit us on our Instagram page and website by going to our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash 3 in History. And reach out to us by emailing 3 History at gmail.com, that's T-H-R-E-E and History at gmail.com, and Twitter at 3 History one and remember, you can find us by searching dirtybones.podbean.com and search under 3 in History. We can be found on Amazon Music, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you can listen to your podcast. And now I am happy to bring to you Civil War Surgeries. This one was interesting to me because I, I really like the dark topics. And uh, like I, I initially just started looking into the surgeries and stuff like that. And I always knew about the Civil War. But then I started like looking into the people that were there and stuff like that. It killed two percent of the population of America at the time, and today's number that would be six million people. How much has COVID killed? Yeah, I don't even know, <laughs> but like that's. I'm just trying to be like, is that in, in like? Well, is that it hasn't killed that many. It's infected a lot, but it definitely hasn't. Killed well, what that she's many. making is a comparison to people that to population. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm trying no, to yeah. say. You know, so and that that's really interesting. Something that's relevant to people right now exactly you know so the big thing with the civil war it was one of the it was the the only real war fought on american soil that was called it was what was referred to as a gun war or a bullet war because everything before that was all bayonets and and knives and stuff like that so tonight i really hope to bring you an interesting kind of introspective like if you didn't know any of these like things about the civil war and the, the atrocities that i'm about to talk to you guys about so, yeah, uh, I was told that it's okay on the podcast that I get to open the dark gates of the creepy-ass shit that I like. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm excited for it yeah, all, but I'm just as dark as you are, so. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's best to open this up with a quote from what was uh, uh, attributed to what was in the book, The Unknown Soldier. In the minds of many soldiers on both sides at the beginning, the war was to be a clean, bloodless affair that would be over in a matter of months with nary a bullet fired. But most soldiers had no idea of the bloodshed to come. And I'd like to just state right now our, our sources for this. We have a documentary, which was by Ken Burns, called A Civil War. Which was fucking amazing. Like, the score was just incredible. Yeah, if you guys have never checked out any of Ken Burns' works, you should. He's an amazing 
amazing documenter. Documentarian. I know him from, I know documentarian? Him from the baseball there documentary, but uh, he does uh, all the previous. He, he's legit. Stuff. He's got his. Yeah. He's got his stripes. Oh, pun. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Uh, okay, so then we have an audio book that was by Harold Elk Straubing, and it is called In Hospital and Camp. We also used another um, article, but after we, I just we read so many. It, I read so many articles. That's where the initial quote, opening quote, came from. Was one of those. It's because uh, it was a lot of letters that was sent home. Yeah. And I, I'm going to get into that, like uh, because uh, yeah, I'm going to get into that. Well, it's hard to document all of that stuff right, because, right. you know, it, it, each letter is a different document. Well, and the, one of the Sting, most amazing... I'm surprised about that. Uh, Just kidding. And then, like, one of the most amazing things about those letters we'll get into is they're all handwritten. And, and because the... Yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Surprise. So, uh, let's, I, want, I want to try to get everybody's mind into the Civil War. Okay, so your average age was 15 to 19 as a soldier on the fucking battlefield. I was an adult back then, though. Yeah. You were an adult at a young age. Well, a lot of those people just had no other choice. You yeah. know, there, there was a lot of uh, men that came in and said, you're going, sign up, you're going. Yeah. You, you don't got any well, choice. Well, it was every able body, basically. Right. Yeah. Because even the women, if you weren't, you know, rich, basically, yeah. you were like a nurse. Because right. there were so many, so many injured, which yes. you're going to get into. Yes, I am. So, like, I want to say off the top, I am not focusing on the civil war itself there's a lot of like i'm not talking about what the civil war was in this this was the people and i'm focusing on the people that were injured and making it a reality you know because a lot of people like to look in a book and be like oh the civil war you have to realize like the lives that were lost and the torment and the torture and the just the gory gory stuff that i'm going to tell you all about Yep. <laughs> Dude, I, I've seen like movies and stuff, but it's got it. I it doesn't come anywhere near what it is. But a lot of the movies about the Civil War, they're focusing on the war right. or, or one specific person or whatever. So they don't really show the reality of what happened. Right. So, like I mentioned, like off the top when we got started, this is America's first shooting war. Americans' first war that because there there was musket fire and stuff like that. But this is a... Well, well they that, had the cannons well, there and was stuff like that, too. There was projectiles. What I'm getting at is there was projectiles before the Civil War, but not handheld that a soldier could run with. Well, yeah, because like, they, they had mini cannons, didn't they? Yes, like, yes, So they then did, that yeah. was one that they could wheel out. And but... they'd dump gunpowder in it. And, yep. a, and a musket basically worked the same way, but we're going yeah. to get into that actual rifle and everything. Sweet. So uh, what I really want to get into was this: the bullet. The bullet that they used was soft lead. So when it hit you, it, it exploded. Didn't yeah. It? Yeah. Did you get a shrapnel all it, over the place? Oh, and here's the thing is it spread out. Yeah. And there's, there's no, like even today's surgery, you would have a hard time with that. Oh yeah. Picking out every little piece of metal and then think about it. It's lead. So if, if you don't get all of it, you're going to die of lead poisoning. Right. And the, what made it so fatal was like the internal injury, injuries. Like say if you took a gut shot, it just spread out and just shredded everything. Yep. And then it like. And it's, you get, here's the thing is I wanted the like, because I spent a bunch of time researching this and I watched a bunch of YouTube videos just on the science of these weapons and stuff like that. One of the, one of the properties of these lead balls is they were packed down tight with uh, lead powder. So oh, I never knew that was lead powder. Uh, I'm sorry. I meant gunpowder. I'm sorry. Oh, I was like, I'm, what the uh, hell uh, is lead for, powder? That's you, explosive? Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you for correcting you me. You are welcome. But it was a lead ball. 
a crudely fashion lead ball at this because they manufactured them by the thousands by melting lead and dripping them into water. That's how they made well, a lead they, ball. Yeah, they had to sometimes make their bullets on the fly too because yeah, well, they would run out. Well, the way they manufactured lead balls is they would heat up lead and drip. Mm-hmm. And they would drip into water and poop. Yep. And then they would just shave it down to which I'm going to get into here. But like the internal injuries it was like it, it, what I was getting at is when it hits you when it hits you it's at a temperature that's not really at a melting point for lead, but lead's soft already. So it's like I, like I was uh, equated to like pewter. You ever fuck with pewter before? I can like yeah. bend it and break it. So the, the the internal injuries is was horrific. But if it hit your leg, if it hit your arm, if it hit your hand, you know, it hit your bone and just shattered it. It just sh- it was it was a fucking fifty eight caliber. So l- let me put this into perspective. So what we use today in the American military for a sniper round. At the largest is a 50, 50 yeah. caliber. Yes. <laughs> so I, I kind of looked it up. So what a 58 caliber is is a half inch round bullet. <laughs> and uh, but and, it, and here's the thing: is it was soft as fuck. So when it hits you, just wow. <laughs> and the the thing is, is it made the 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 wounds were just inoperable because yeah. of the well, sh- that's why they had to amputate, amputate so much. Yeah. Well, it would shatter the bone. There's mm-hmm. like, you know, today's Nothing surgery. Saveable, yeah. Yeah. You know, they could yeah. re. Yeah. Now they could. Now they can reattach because yeah. we can, you know, attach muscle and sinew and, you know, reattach bone and stuff like right. that. We we there's no way they did that back then. They didn't even believe in germs. Right. <laughs> so there was a in particular there was just alone thirty five thousand deaths that were just to disease. Alone, cholera, typhoid. Yeah, so here's the thing. Right, here's the thing is like so most of the recruits, like I said, were like little kids and stuff like that. But like any immigrants, like the Irish, the Italian, anybody, like they would literally take them as they were coming off a boat, hand them a hand them a uniform and a sign up sheet, and you had no choice otherwise get back on the boat and take off. I would turn my ass around. I've been like, fight your shit out, and then I'll come back. Right, right. And the thing with that, though, is it it made uh, you, these people didn't even get to, like, be part of their country before they had to serve it. You know, the, before they even got to actually be part of their country, they had to go fight for it. That they yeah. were... How many of them just died? That's what you know, I'm, I mean, I'm, like, I'm like, getting into me, that like, right how, now. How worth it was for you, were, was it for you to leave where you were from to come and get blown to smithereens? Well, like uh, we're, there was an average number of about twenty five thousand, uh, like a, a, a year, that died from suicide, sunstroke, exhaustion, infection. Well, they got to the point where some of them didn't have anything to protect them from the elements. Their their boots were worn down. Their their, I remember hearing something about what because you know they wore like the wool coats and stuff that some of them just froze because they did not have enough wool or anything like that to make all the uniforms that they needed. Right. Well, like on the Confederate side, we lost most of the records because most of the buildings and stuff at the time yeah, burned down, burned were, down were, yeah. were destroyed. But it is estimated on the Union side that it was about 100,000 to 900... 100,000 to 90,000 They were just wounded alone. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, because uh, um, if that was the deaths, I was going to say, imagine how many are wounded. But if right. that's wounded, imagine the deaths. And this this was actually uh, twice, more than twice than all other wars in the world ever combined. Wow. As, as far, At that point, yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
It's pretty crazy. So in the years that the Civil War took place, 1861 to 1865, there was over 50,000 civilian deaths. That's insane for civilian deaths. Yeah, I remember hearing that, uh, especially early on in the war, that people would watch the war. Yeah, they would would literally post up and watch. At certain points, uh, the war would come up right to the people that were literally watching, and they would literally a bunch of idiots. They would well because they they would literally go outside and take like lawn furniture, essentially. And, like, go sit and watch the battle. That is so stupid. (laughs) Oh, no, random cannonball. Ah, shit. So uh, there was a real famous battle called the Battle of Attendon. I actually looked it up. It's A-T-E-D-O-N, Attendon. There was, uh, within four hours, 23,000 were killed and killed or wounded. Within four hours. What the hell, man? So that ta- wasn't even the worst one, I don't think, was it? No, definitely not. So <laughs> yeah, oh, what I'm getting at... I just can't imagine starting the off. So I'm, I'm just trying to... Oh, yeah. I'm just trying I'm trying to give you an idea of like what this really was. You know what I mean? This was this happened on American <laughs> soil. That many people all within four hours being wounded. Yeah, how, or, ma- or, then how many of them died because they were out I, there waiting to be helped? Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, they could have actually been saved, but... It's got to take hours to go through with everybody, make sure that they're dead or alive. Oh, that's a big thing, too. We're going to get into that, too. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so there was a particular battle that I found really interesting. It was called uh, Bloody Lane. And it's today that's like a considered. I got it from the last podcast on the left. I, it point, uh, that's where I know, found out about this story. It's considered to be a haunted place, and that's why I decided to look into it. Hmm. It's, a, it's this spot in Missouri it's like a kind of a uh, like a choke point, and five they literally five thousand men died within like one small battle because it was just a choke point. Five thousand men. What Think is about a those choke bodies. Point? Well, a cho- so so basically the army had to come down and kind of funnel through one road. Okay. So and then the opposing army was on the other side, like because basically they didn't have to fight their whole all of them at once. They just had to fight whoever could fit through that. Just just mm-hmm. keep and just keep killing them. And you couldn't run away because they would kill you for being a traitor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. You'd get shot. You'd mm-hmm. get shot. Yeah. So the, right. yeah. So so many deaths turned it uh, gave birth to the practice of embalming, you know, and embalming is a whole other thing. I'd have to get into. It's a practice of replacing the fluids in the bodies, the body Using formaldehyde and formaldehyde and preserving the tissue. And the whole reason they did this is since this took place on American soil, they tried to get the bodies home. And it became a problem with decay. They, yeah, because de- a body decomposes really fast. Yeah. It, it, as soon as you die, it's already starting the process. Um, so within a couple of days, you're already in pretty bad decay. Right. So more or less, uh, the practice of embalming in the United States became a regular thing with uh, the Civil War and trying to get bodies back to their home states to be buried and stuff like that. Yeah, <clears throat> you know it's it, you know it's not like it was a new science or anything. It just became a regular practice because of the Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> so the next step is uh, the, here's where we're gonna hit our nitty gritty. We're getting to the hospitals. So most of the hospitals. Yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. So we're gonna go to St. Paul's Episcopal Church. Uh, this was in Missouri, and uh, it was the one of the very first ones. It was a spot to where both Confederates and Union soldiers could be brought there to be looked after. Could be, oh. could be like, yeah. It was just because uh, it was a church for one, and it, we'll get into it tri- like triage and stuff like that. So um, anybody could be brought there to be taken to be care s- of. and to be safe. 
it was said to be constantly full of screams. Oh, my God, I bet. Just constantly. <laughs> well, think about it. Back then, they didn't have anesthesia. Hell no. They're, They're sawing your... Yeah, exactly. They will saw your arm off until you pass out and then finish. <sighs> you know? And, and then... then, and then it, they, if you're lucky, you'll get some ether or whiskey. Yeah. If you're yeah. lucky. Did they even cauterize... The, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was, I'd say they cauterized the end of it, too, which is, think about that. They just God. sawed off your arm or your leg, and then they're like, here, let's add to it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's if you were lucky enough to get a flush injury. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's lucky enough if you actually were able to make it there to even yeah. get treated. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> like, like I mentioned earlier, infection and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. It, in san- green. Yeah, I'm going to get into sanitation because it just wasn't a thing yet. No. No, it was not. It was basically wash your hand in the water that we've already washed our hands in and blew five our no- other times. And blew yeah. our nose in and shit like yeah. that. So uh, out of uh, 11,000 northern doctors like that were recorded, only 500 of them had prior surgical experience before going into the war. Wait, how many? 500. 500 of 11,000. <laughs> Dude, I, I'd be like, I know I'm injured, but don't touch me. Oh, man. I'll stitch myself up <laughs> better than you. And uh, like I mentioned before, because of the lack of experience, like if you were shot in the belly or the head or like if your belly or head shot was basically the rule, they just throw you to the side. And, you know, and there's reports of people like laying there calling call for their mom and shit, which is scary oh, as yeah. fuck. Mm-hmm. No, like, think about it. Fifteen-year-old kid. Yeah, just yeah. laying there with his guts hanging out, li- like literally with like his like entrails staining his clothes. Yep. And the, like one of the things I read about in a bunch of reports is just the smell. Oh well, yeah, you, you, I mean, think about it. You have sweat. Well, op- open bowel. Piss, well, shit. What's open bowel? It's open bowel of a living thing. Yeah, it, it is, you got the bile and, yeah. and all of that stuff. So it's it's not even like. Hasn't even. It's halfway. It's not dead. Is the thing is, it's still trying to. You know, it's still trying to break stuff down. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's uh, halfway digesting Ugh. still. So it's, I, you opened up a halfway digested pit. Yeah, and then, like there's. A, we have a. I have a quote. I think I have Jake all set to say in a little bit. There's, <clears throat> like the body's bloating and, <clears throat> and bursting and stuff like that. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, because yeah, some of them <clears throat> sat out there for days. You know, after after a battle, because it took them so long to clean up. Well, yeah, for sure. Oh, I'm so glad you, because I randomly found uh, like the one guy that I should have been looking for to tell the story about that. So his name is, yeah, I'm, I'm excited you brought that up because it's in the story tonight. So, it's, I mean, so but uh, we're going to keep the story moving with a, a quote from Dr. Jonathan Letterman. The surgery of these battlefields has been pronounced butchery. Gross misrepresentations of conduct of these medical officers have been made scattered and broadcast around the country. It causes deep heartbreak and anxiety to anyone who had a friend or relative in the army in need of medical help. So with that quote, that brings us to the the process of amputation. Nice. Yeah, so that's where (laughs) we've gotten to the point of cutting shit off here now. So to start the process, you take the quote-unquote affected limb, mm. and yeah, this is in a whole myriad of things that you can picture. Like uh, I have one story about this young kid. Uh, he he incidentally was underage. He was uh, reportedly only thirteen, and he was hit in the hand by a, a mini a mini ball, the the bullet that I mentioned before, mm-hmm. and it, it hit him in a certain spot on his palm where it didn't quite sever his uh, left pinky finger. 
So he still had sensation, but no movement because there was no bone, but there were still like ligaments and stuff. He could, he could still feel it. And I, the thing is, is he was bleeding out very fast, and they need, oh, yeah. and they needed to. The nice thing is he was in a tent at this point. Like, he wasn't still out on the field. Yeah. Lucky. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Lucky. Kidding, but well, still. no, lucky he for is, being a 13-year-old boy. But, uh, like, dude, he's lucky he didn't die out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. So, and, so this is how you start an amputation. This is just how I kind of wanted to kind of start it off. So you start with a bone saw. Mm-hmm. And a bone saw is to get through the hard ligaments and st- or to get through everything, the bone, it's the bone. But in this particular poor boy, that's why it's a bone. Saw. This particular bo- poor boy's scenario, he was bleeding out too fast for them to get all the way through with the bone saw. And in the actual report, there was two gentlemen that actually had to put their feet on his chest, and they legit just pulled his finger off his body. Uh. Just, <gasps> yeah, like it, like they're they're like. Yeah. I'm not squeamish, but uh, yeah. just. I, I, the only reason that makes me cringe is because I can't imagine that little boy's screams. Well, yeah, That's plus was it was already like a busted piece of his finger. Yeah. That yeah. Yeah. Well, imagine this. That would be my nephew. That's yeah. that. That's his age. Can you imagine him out on a battlefield? Nope. No. <laughs> no. No. Not even with Call of Duty, no. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the, the crazy that you could see a hospital, uh, uh, triage battlefield spots from a distance because they were characterized by having large piles of limbs outside on average about 10 feet tall wow yeah about 10 feet tall and they, they, here's the disgusting part is they had to deal with uh, packs of roving dogs mm. that were feeding off the limbs and like taking off with them and like there was large packs of dogs that would start setting up around these hospitals and they would just go. They would like be living in the woods, be, being wild feral dogs, and come in and take limbs and take. It's just meat to them. Uh, I mean, yeah. like to and us, we're like, ew, it's humans. But to them, we're just another animal, and that's a free meal. And it's a bone to chew on. Yeah. <laughs> so after the limb was taken off, like I said earlier, if you were lucky to get a flush wound, but I think about most of them were like these nasty, decimated. Yeah, like if 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 you were. So unlucky to step on a landmine. Wait, they had landmines back oh, then? Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, those things fuck you up nowadays. Yeah. Can you imagine back then with how crudely made it probably was? Like, dude. Yeah. Your, your leg was probably gone all the way up to your pelvis. So you got to picture like the worst case scenario. You have this gnarly ass severed leg arm just this just gangly thing at the end blood spurting or whatever mm-hmm. so what they first have to do is tie off all the arteries with you typically what they would use is silk lining because it, you could tie it really tight you can put a lot of tension on it mm. so and that's if they're lucky enough to have an open artery to like be able to grab and tie down mm. yeah and so that's when they go to work with the bone soft and you know I can only imagine, like I, I've like watching a couple of these videos of like demonstrations and shit. Nine times out of ten, it took like five people to hold this wounded person down because they were good, and they didn't. Like uh, there was this one guy in particular, he was like screaming, like no, 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 no. Like he just wanted to die of just that. He didn't want to go through the experience of getting his leg cut off because he knew he was gonna die anyway. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> dude, at that point, I mean, I'm not one. I mean, especially with loud thoughts and everything that we record uh, yeah. i'm not one to promote suicide dude i'd, r- I'd rather I, die in I, that scenario i'd rather just die i know myself i'd just be like shit one they're gonna totally just fuck with my body 
probably make it worse. Probably die on that almost, table. Almost definitely make it worse. Yeah, but you obviously know if your guts are hanging out, you're going to die anyways. Well, that's, that's I'm the thing. kill it, myself. That's the fucked up thing is like 90%. I would go out on a limb and say 90% of like Civil War injuries were just gory, fatal. Like you're fucked, dude. Hmm. Like imagine taking a mini ball to the stomach or just you're done. Yeah. You just <laughs> lay there and. And it's not like nowadays where they can go in and, and surf and find the shell and pull it out and stitch everything up and it's good. Back then, when this thing ripped apart, it ripped apart. And then that's little pieces of metal shooting through your gut, shred, like shredding your insides to where you're, you're just all hanging out. Just and no, there's no way to fix that. You can't tuck it back in, stitch it up and be like, you're good. So like the sheer trauma to the body is unfathomable. Like mm -hmm. a lot of people have never really like really intellectualize the sheer trauma I, that was Grundy's stomach growl. Yeah. yeah, the dog's stomach growl. <laughs> okay, that, well, I was so just like, did I just hear that? Like, <laughs> the sheer amount of trauma done to the body, like I said, is just like today's standards. Is like unless you're a soldier and like shout out to you if you are, and like the the the, the trauma, like yeah. you know, and the, like the PTSD and like just I could only imagine. So okay. So once they get the, the arteries tied off or whatever, like once the, let's say 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 they get the bleeding to stop. Uh huh. So let's go on to the next step. You got to take care of that bone. Yep. You know, like it's you know they went already went through it with the bone saw. And you got this fucking nasty stub. Yep. So what they have to do now is make it flush with the arm. Yep. So they would take like clippers, files. Yep. Like I even read one instance of a guy fucking taking a hammer to some bone. Yeah. Just, <gasps> yeah living bone. Living bone. Dude, that hurts so bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, what what I'm saying, like, <gasps> Ford's, I'm like, what the fuck was he thinking? Like, like, I mean, think about that. Like, well, that would be the last thought gotta, in my gotta, brain. Well, the thing is, is this guy's uh, existing bone was, because it, it wasn't like a bone saw thing. It was like an explosion. So he had like a large piece of a protruding bone. And it was a triage thing. On, it was a triage hospital. And just like, how are we? This guy's either gonna lay here and die, or we can break his arm off with a hammer. <laughs> I just think that there had to have been something around that was better than that. Oh, I'm sure there was a lot of things around better than that. <laughs> like maybe this guy was a being a pain in the ass, and they're like, "All right, buddy, well, like I we'll said, help you." Well, like I said, only 500 of the initial physicians physicians had surgical experience on the. Oh, okay, there side. we go. Yeah, yeah I forgot about was, that. Yeah. yeah, that's probably someone who's a handyman who can fix anything with a hammer. Hammer and duct tape. <laughs> What's duct tape? Yeah. <laughs> and once all that was done, you're lucky enough to survive the initial amputation. They get everything flushed, tie off all the arteries, and then they take. They intentionally leave a large flap on one side of the wound to pull it over and sew it up so it all kind of heals together. And you have to, have to leave a drainage hole because it, <laughs> it would fill with, with pus because they weren't using disinfectant. Think about it. They like, dirty hands and they folded it over. Oh, well, think about it too is they're going from person to person with that saw. Yeah. So if one person <sighs> had something, you got it now. Yeah, mm. like you got if think, you survive. Yeah, you think you got to think about like because they would have one basin of water and they would just all kind of walk over and mm -hmm. just rinse their hands off in it and just yep. Just you, at one point the the water probably turns to a point where it's like I'm just washing with blood. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Because I mean, think about it. They didn't they didn't have all. It was all hands on deck. What, it's not that like they really have people to be like 
Let's make sure we have clean water. That wasn't that important to them. Why do you think it's engraved in like in everybody's psyche that like a, a, a dude with like a white apron covered in blood holding a saw is scary? That, that's in the, like it's, yeah. in every, it's in everybody's psyche. That's true. <laughs> and that's a perfect segue actually to our next quote. We operated in old blood-stained and often pus-stained coats. We used undisinfected instruments from undisinfected plush-lined cases. If an instrument fell onto the floor, it was washed in a basin of water and used if it was clean. That's from. Uh, it's a quote from an article I read of a bunch of letters that were sent home. It's gnarly. So yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that was just the daily. You got your leg cut off, and then they took that big ass blade and just dunked it in some dunked water. Dunked it in some water. And- Next time. And then wiped it on a rag that was bloody from the 500 guys before you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It just, it just paints this picture in my head that's, it's, that's, to me, it just sounds like hell on earth. I mean, if that's how, it's just funny to think that's what they were doing in the Civil War. And I mean, yeah, they didn't know about germs and disinfectant and things like that. But imagine back in the medieval wars. Dude. Like, I mean, well, I guess a lot of it was clean cuts because of your sword and your, your, your right. stuff was just... But, I mean, if you got hit by a mace, you're fucked. You're, well, disin- they didn't actually start using disinfectant until uh, nineteen or 1865, the last year of the Civil War. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was... The, they Think about that, like, to your point. Well, yeah. remember, I, I did uh, Garfield, too, remember? And that was 1880, and they still weren't using it then. Oh, yeah, so. that was just sticking their nasty fingers was, all it in was his discovered. Uh, it was hole. discovered in England, or, or right? It was not, yeah, I think, yeah. it was discovered in Europe, and so that, uh, it mean, took it, a while to get over to the That'd US. been an interesting, really cool topic to look into, like, yeah, like vaccines and stuff like that. We'll get into that one. Yeah. But to me, like I said, man, just like hell on earth. Like, I think, you know, if I was a 16, 17-year-old kid and I was shot in the, you know, going to have to get an arm cut off or whatever. And that scenario and the pain levels that you're in, I think I'd just rather just like, let me, don't, no, don't take that saw to my arm. No. I won't, but they didn't give a lot of people the choice. They just did it. Like there was the Hippocratic Oath that they had to save their life, like regardless of what it took. Yep. So on average, it took 10 minutes to sever a limb. Oh my God. <laughs> that's surprisingly faster than I thought. It is pretty quick, but that's yeah. still a miserable 10 minutes. I would think like a half hour or something. But yeah, well, they had to do so many of them. You know? Well, yeah, and I mean, I think you just your arm muscles would be built up so much well, from yeah, doing it just, over and over again. You just be like... Well, that kind of that kind of leads to kind of making a little bit more sense for that guy just breaking that one bone off as opposed to taking time to saw at it. Yeah, the hammer is going to be pretty quick that to me just attributes the fact that they were not trained as medical professionals. I didn't like write it down, but I read some kind of procedures on to where there's a there's bone but no flesh. It's exposed bone with like where where there's actual sections. Like sections of an inch or more where there's actually no meat left, where it's just bone exposed, like it's like a ring of bone, uh-huh. and they they literally would crack it off. <laughs> yeah, like they'd saw at it, they'd saw at it, and then get it to the point and like break it like a piece of wood. Yeah, huh. and it, so it and it was really it was really rare, but it would happen a lot with like really severe burns and like explosions and stuff like that. They would get like chunks to where there was like a ring around a particular limb, to, you know, really because uh, the flesh was with, burnt off, where there was just nothing left. Yeah. And it was just bone. <laughs> and it, you would hope that you wouldn't feel that shit. But, you know, well, with fire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I don't know. Like, like, I, like I say, at a certain point, you, you, you're you just in shock. Well, imagine, imagine the amount of people. Um, uh, this just came to me right now. 
Imagine the amount of people on the battlefield that were just physically ill from seeing carnage. Well, yeah, but like I was saying earlier, um, you, you had the smell of sweat. You have the smell of vomit because people are obviously vomiting. Yeah. And then they're shit, dead, so you shit, shit and piss. Yeah, you shit your pants yeah. and piss yourself when you die. Yep. And just thousands and thousands. And then none of that, there's the smell of death. Because sometimes they're fighting in areas where they were already fighting. Right. And you, you've been giving me great segues all night. Yeah. <laughs> this actually led to the invention of the soldiers in the Civil War invented the idea of the dog tag. They would start sewing their names into their clothing. Mm-hmm. So, like, when they were found after, you know, if they got shot or whatever, they They're could be identified. identified. Yeah. 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 And then one of the creepy things is how many of the, like, because there was, every now and then there would still be clothing attached to a severed limb and there would be fucking names sewed into the clothing and shit. That's creepy. That's creepy yeah. as fuck. <laughs> Can you imagine trying to figure out if someone was dead and you're like, well, let's go look through the limbs? I know I'm fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and right around this time was uh, when the U.S. Postal Service was getting a huge boom in like uh, using the railroad and stuff like that. So this is well, they would have those long lists of the dead. Mm-hmm. Then people would come out, like the and town crier would sit out, there yeah. and then read out the list. And if they weren't on it, then your hopes are that they were still alive. Right. Well, and on that note, you would be getting letters. Yep. And then you'd be hearing these fucking crazy stories. About- you know, which we've given a couple. Uh, we've given a couple examples of. Uh, in particular, this is one that I took from the, that article I read from Soldiers from the Civil War. This is uh, by uh, First Sergeant Robert Stiles. The sights and smells that assaulted us were simply indescribable. Corpses swollen to twice their original size, some of who actually burst asunder with the smell of foul gas and vapors. That's And that's everywhere. Like, And that's one letter. You gotta think of that... See, this is really bad on my part because I'm like, it's kind of cool. I think it's great too. That's why I wrote a story about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that sucks. That sucks like a lot. But scientific wise, yeah. That's where a lot of our, from that war, I'm guessing a lot of our uh, advancements came after that. Oh, for sure, that for sure. Because of the stuff that was going on and, and they had to... They had a lot of practice. Yeah. They had a lot of practice. Well, think about that after, afterwards. If, you know, this doctor gets with this doctor who gets with this doctor and they start trading um, tactics and it just probably grew from there. Yeah, well, it, it, and it's like it's a learning curve. It's a shitty learning curve, but it's a learning curve. It's a yeah. shitty thing to have a learning curve on. <laughs> right. I mean, like, can you imagine your first day of them? Bring, oh, like, like, you're like, oh, okay, well, you know what? I don't know shit about the human body. And then here comes a screaming soldier. Kid. Yeah, kid whose arm is dangling off. And they're like, fix that. You never touched anything medical in your whole entire life. I'm, I wonder how many of them just passed the fuck oh, out. Oh, you know it happened. Well, yeah. yeah. I'd faint. I, I, I like, first time I, first time I saw, like, I probably would, but I also wanted to be a coroner. Like you said, I wanted to be a coroner. Yeah, I wanted to be a mortician. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've been around dead bodies, but still, like, at that age and that scenario, you got to put yourself in their shoes and not using your brain. Just yeah. trying to experience what they experience. See- 
I'm messed up in the sense that if that something happens to an animal, I'm like, oh my god, I'm saying, wait, tears so, I'm roll saying, down wait. and all that stuff. It's a human. I'm like, well, you know what? They probably could have done something better with their lives, right. and they made a mistake. And yeah. well, they kind of on them. Well, like I can watch gory horror movies all day long, but as soon as an animal dies in a movie, I'm like, I just, I'm done. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm the same way. Like I love watching horror movies. It's my favorite thing. Yeah. But those commercials for the animals, yeah. where they're like play Sarah McLaughlin and everything. Oh, yeah. oh, that gets me every time. Well, like in particular the uh, the movie I Am Legend with uh, Will Smith. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. But the dog dies and it just ruins it for me. Oh my god, I did not expect that to happen yeah, in the movie and when it. it happened, I was like, "Fuck this movie." It just ru- <laughs> it, yeah, it's like that's where I caught the feels. Like yep. I'm like, "Fuck this movie." So at Moving on, at this point in our story, this brings us to uh, Major Jonathan Letterman. He's going to be a huge person in this whole story. Like uh, he's very influential in the things that we do today. Hmm. So he's a really, a really interesting character. Uh, he was born December eleventh, eighteen twenty-four, in Cannonbridge, Pennsylvania. Uh, he was a uh, he was a major in the Potomac Army, and uh, he ended up kind of become he became, he didn't sign in as a medical officer. That's what was really interesting about him. He didn't. He didn't go into the army as a medical officer. He just showed aptitude, and like he quickly rose the ranks in the in the medical field in the Civil War. Which I wouldn't choose to do that. Mm-mm. I'd be like, no, I'll go load guns or something. You know? Oh no, I'd be a nurse all day. No, heck no, I'm not gonna go out there and get my ass blown up. I'll just deal with the people who already got blown up and try and figure out how to put them back together. Right. That's interesting to me. Yeah, so he was initially put on the detail of removing uh, dead bodies from the field. Now that sucks. Yeah, like you said, there, there's a, there's bodies exploding. So you're you're supposed to go out there and pick them all up and hope that you don't drag one and it just rips in half because it's that decomposed. Right. Like, well, ugh. he did this for a week, and then he went to his uh, uh, he went to his superiors and was like, "What about the people that are alive?" What about all these kids? Those, I'm sorry. What about all those kids that are like laying on the field that are screaming for help? Why are we picking up the dead people? Yeah, yeah. Let's pick up these people that are screaming for help. And the, and all of his superiors are like, maybe that's, that's a it's a good idea, <laughs> dude. Like, who the fuck? Why did it take him that long to figure that out? <laughs> well, this guy fucking it was his idea, so he's like, all right. Yeah, we can't like so. I thought I think that he was in, like in all my studies on this. Uh-huh. I think he's an amazing character to kind of focus on, okay? Because like um, he, the, for one, the amount of lives that he saved, and what I'm about to tell you, of what he was and what he did. So he was given free reign of this task. They're like his sergeants were like, okay, if this is what you want, you you can have as many many men as you want. You put this together. You go out and do this. Interesting. Yeah, so you know what he named his uh, his regiment after himself? One guess. The Red Cross. The Ambulance Corps. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. So this is the birth of the ambulance. Nice. That's a good stuff. So so he I, I I looked into the word. It's it's a it's a it's a Latin word. It's it's it means like a sentence. It's really weird, but it basically means to help. It's like it's like rescuing angel. It's just really weird. So it's a Latin word. So that's where the word ambulance comes from, and that's why we have ambulances today, because of this guy. Nice. So that's crazy. Cause I, I didn't think ambulances were a thing until the World War. Right. Well, so the the very first ambulance hit the field in uh, on May first, eighteen fifty two. So that was a, his. He had the very his very first ambulance brigade is what they were referred to as because it was 
you know, usually about 20 people. Oh, wow. And it was really cool. There was an unwritten law, like, from day one when they hit the field. And, like, there was a lot of people that didn't even know what they were. You know, of course, they wore medical bands. They wore the left medical band on their arm. Yeah. But uh, they saw what they were doing because they were picking both up Confederate and Union soldiers. They weren't. Mm-hmm. So they went from just pick. you know, they went to straight picking up both people, you know, just saving lives. Mm-hmm. So it became an unwritten law immediately that you do not fuck with the ambulance corps. Like, if you fire at an ambulance corps member, that's a war crime that is, you, you get hung for that shit. Wow. You know, like, even uh, even today, in, in modern modern day warfare today, you do not fuck with medics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's just, how it should be. Mm-hmm. It, right. And so, this the, uh, Marshall, he wrote out the ethics or the standards or the procedures. It's four, four steps to be an ambulance member that he started. Like, so... These are his four steps, and they're still used today as a guideline to, to uh, like uh, like battle or quote unquote battlefield triage, or like even like a somebody breaking their leg out on the street. So number one is sanitization. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that should be number one. <laughs> that's, that's a good place to start. <laughs> yeah. So like he's like, you know what? We got to clean that shit up first. We can't <laughs> just like. You can't just like you know we gotta have some clean shit and make you know yeah. We, well, yeah. think about the dirt and everything when they when something like especially if you stepped on a landmine or a yeah. cannon oh, hit you. Oh, the like, amount of dirt that yeah. be like just dug up in there. Like I had a bad wreck on my bicycle one time and they had to scrub my arm with a surgical sponge. Oh, oh, it was horrible. Like pebbles and rocks falling out of my skin. It was like fucking just embedded. Ooh. It was pretty cool looking, but it hurt like a motherfucker. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So number two. Field dressing. So they had to know how to, right off the bat, had to be able to clean a wound and patch it up. Mm. Okay. Okay. So number three is they had to know how to set up a field hospital. Okay. So e- each one of them had to be able to set up a triage station and like, you do this, you do that, you do this, you do that. Every single one of them were required to know how to do this. Nice. Pretty dope. And then number four was having knowledge and working in large hospitals away from the battlefield. So you so you're actually getting trained people, not just sending people right, out with hammers. Right. So you, basically, you go out there. Long story short, you go out there, you clean it up, you patch them up, and you get them the fuck out of there. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. that's what it is. That so that's the birth of the ambulance corps, which I thought was amazing to like think about because the amount of lives that were saved. Yeah. You know, a lot of people have just like laid there and died. Well, that's what got me because they've had doctors for a long time. And to think that they weren't recruiting doctors to be doctors, right? You know, I mean, they they they're just putting regular men out there to be a doctor in the right. beginning of the war. Like, no wonder there were so many fatalities. Right. Like, they, um, they weren't trained. No, <laughs> that'd be like you going in your kitchen, slipping and falling, cracking your head open, and me and Jacobs here just being like. Hmm. <laughs> let's go rest in bed for a little bit. Yeah, let's go rest in bed. We'll just, you know, bandage it up. We'll You'll some, be okay. We'll, we'll just stuff the it. brains back in. Have lots of fluids. Oh, that's yeah. good. <laughs> some Gatorade. You'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> so cramps, plants so one one of the things that the ambulance corps did and became famous for is like when battles were getting ready to set up, they would actually uh, more or less encircle the battlefield. Mm. And they were, again, you don't fuck with them. Mm-hmm. So they would actually set up and evaluate the battlefield. And, like, they would literally, like, preemptively set up stuff. Because that's the way the Civil War happened is, like, people would meet up, battle. 
Like everybody. Oh yeah, that that's always gotten me. Like I'm like that's the stupidest way to fight a yeah. war. So they would literally get there. The ambulance corps would get there as early as they could and like set up spots. So, okay, this is gonna be a good spot. This is gonna be a good spot. It's like setting up for a concert. And knowing, that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, you're just trying to pick where the you're going to be the most needed. Yeah, it, and you'd have to have foresight, honestly. You'd have to have seen a lot of fucking battles. Be like, oh, this is probably where a lot of the dudes are going to fucking end up. So well, let's... think about it. I mean, you, you would look and see where they had the cannons and see about the the distance of where they would shoot. And you'd want to be you'd want to be right there because that's going to kill a lot of people or damage a lot of people wherever the cannonballs are going to land. So that'd be a place you'd want to be. Mm. You'd want to be definitely where where they meet um, and have that maybe one on each side of that. Um, yeah, just it's crazy. That, it's like that's, it's like a that's game where of I would think like you know wherever wherever they could fall, where those bolts are going to fall, that's where we need to be. Right. It's like Stratego. Mm-hmm. You know, you know they had maps and like. I pictured in my mind of like like Civil War soldiers standing over a map, and there'd be like big red X's where the medical shit was, and like you don't fuck with that, uh, <laughs> you know. Like that's just kind of what I picture, you know. what I mean, because my whole mo- well, think about it. They wouldn't want to because they're helping both sides. That's mm-hmm. the point. That's the whole thing. So it's yeah. like if you fuck with them, you may have just killed yourself. Yeah, and they were and they were Union. That's the thing is the ambulance corps was Union, and they were helping both Confederates and Union. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so they were they were saving lives. Which I think is great that they still use that that triage setup that I mentioned before. That's still what they do today. Yeah, but I think that's pretty. I think that's cool as hell. That really is. So then he uh, he officially appointed uh, Frederick Maryland as a medical supply depot, and it just didn't work out because the railway sucked. <laughs> it, that was just a random fact that I that was like his first decree is like oh this is where we're gonna like ship everything out of. So due to the failure of the railway system just not being what it needed to be, they just kind of moved on with like random drops and stuff. They did a lot of stuff with with stagecoaches, which I think is really cool. Like because it's you can go wherever you want. It. You know they can just drop off and there's no timing. It can just be dropped off. I think that's smart. Hmm. So this brings me next to uh, September seventeenth, eighteen sixty-two, the Battle of Antietam. Antietam. Antietam, yeah. So his ambulance corps in that individual battle saved 9,547 lives. And it, it was one of the bloodiest battles of the Civil War. It was the bloodiest battle, yeah. Yeah, yeah the bloodiest battle. So one of, it, one of the big things about him is he introduced a, a battlefield first aid that had never been seen before with uh, just his techniques of not... He actually managed, in a lot of cases, to avoid immediate amputation. Like, because mm. a lot of times they would do that to save your life for bleeding out. Yeah. So, like, he was able to at least give first aid to where you're not going to die right away if I don't cut your leg off. <laughs> Jesus. His, clear, his team would clear most battlefields in 24 hours. That's pretty wow, legit. Wow, that's yeah. pretty legit. Yeah, like, and you think about that. The thousands of dead, they're just out there with horses and carts. And the smell alone... <laughs> And one thing that kind of flies under the radar that people don't think about is uh, the, the de- decomposition of human bodies that weren't picked up. And one thing that really affected a lot of the land was actually the bile and excrement from uh, decaying bodies, like mm. actually from the stomachs and stuff like that, ruined a lot of soil. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to think about, but there that was is, full, yeah. f- full fields of dead bodies. And it's not like you can't go p- plan on it now, but there was a long time where that shit was all fucked up because, mm-hmm. you know, it was blood guts bile steel from weapons and it just it made it fucking you couldn't it's grow just anything somewhere you don't want to be no <laughs> no 
So uh, this was one of my favorite little factoids. Uh, in March 1864, the U.S. Army adopted Letterman's Ambulance Corps as regulation by an act of Congress. Nice. Yeah, so I thought that was awesome. So that because of him, on that date, the Ambulance Corps was... The, that's why we have ambulances. I know it's silly, nice. but, it, but it's dope. That's not silly. That's, that's awesome. I mean, it, if yeah. it wasn't for that guy, well, where would this, we be? Well, on this topic, I thought he was a really important person. No, I agree. Yeah, because uh, like I said, with his uh, field, his field dressing, his techniques for first aid are, were revolutionary at the time. What, and then was he a doctor before? He was a doctor. Well, he didn't go. He was. He had medical experience, but he didn't go in as a doctor. Okay, but but he had medical experience yeah, beforehand. Okay, yeah. that's yeah, that's what I was gonna ask because it seemed like he was had a pre. Yeah, and when, like you said, it, it, it sucks that it took him to realize like, hey, we should pick up the. The people that are alive. Not- I know. <laughs> like, I can't believe someone didn't think of that beforehand. I mean, they're just like standing out there. Mm, they'll eventually die. They'll stop crying sometime. <laughs> like, I mean, because they're not saving them. So they're going to just lay there and cry and cry and cry. And it took them 24 hours to clean up a, a battlefield. But how long did it take before they had the ambulance? No. That's a horrible thing. Like, because in my mind, I just like. When I first got into this topic, like, oh, yeah, then next day it's just a normal field again. <laughs> no. Like, no, it's not. No. <laughs> no, it's like it's... a cartoon where it just goes back to normal. Yeah, the like, next, yeah, scene. <laughs> next day, next day, nothing happened the day before mattered. Yeah. But uh, w- like I said before, uh, Letterman's uh, levels of triage are still used today in the ambulance corps. And I think he honestly des- deserves a lot of credit. He's an unsung hero, I think, of just uh, the American ma- history. Yeah, yeah. So this brings me to prosthetics. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was actually going to ask that. I was like, so what did what did they do back then? Like, well, where were we at in the field of prosthetics? The at that peg time? legs <laughs> to start with, you know, because uh, this was at the before the revol- the what do you call it the boom of like industri- the industrial boom, industrial of, like, age of, of like large manufactured pieces of steel stuff like that. They were available to like everybody. So, like today, just like today, 100% of every single prosthetic was custom to the injury. But well, what I thought was really amazing is the, the ingenuity because everybody ma- had to make your own. You had to make it yourself. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's not, like the gov- it's not like if you got your leg blown off, the Army's like, here's a prosthetic. Wow. Like the, 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 you, you Considering to... how they got you into the military, yeah, I don't should, really but... think they cared about how they got you out. Yeah, when they were typically typically made of like scrap metal, scrap leather, and scrap wood, because like I said, stuff wasn't mass produced at the level that it is now. Yeah. So like, if you wanted a, a length of steel, you had to take it from something else. You know, and, and which really made it like a lot of the prosthetics I looked at really impressive, which because they would have had to reshape and rework a lot of these pieces of steel. Like, there's one that I posted on our, on our page of a hand that I thought was amazing. Oh, yes. That's that a beautiful piece so what of you artwork, gotta, what, you gotta, what you got to think is that was handmade for somebody yeah. to use. And, all, and it's all... all that per, the person who made that new anatomy. Yeah, right? Because the, there's, like, springs and stuff in it. Yeah, they, they had the, basically the bone structure, and yeah. it looks like the bone structure of a hand. And then the strings are... Uh, springs and everything were to imitate the tendons. Right. So I just just impressed. Like I posted a few pictures of the one guy that made a hatchet hand. Did you Did you see that one? Pic- that picture I posted. The guy. Did... Not yet. Yeah. No. I think I did, but I 
don't remember I, cause I, 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 I saw other pictures but I was just mesmerized by the yeah. one with the, the hand that was made the hatchet hand was really cool because I looked into it the guy worked it out with a spring to where he could bring it down with his own his own uh, his own force but he had a spring in it to where when he'd bring it down it'd come back up so he could go boom and it would come back up <laughs> it was just with a spring Nice. Yeah. Like, what was what was he to where he would need a hatchet hand? Uh, probably. A, I don't know. I just a look, butcher. I, yeah, he or... was most. Oh, well, it looked like he was doing carpentry. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. He, he was using. It was he was cutting wood. Okay. So it was really cool because I I just saw like stills of it. I didn't see it in motion or anything, but it was really neat because you could tell that whoever created it for the guy understood mechanics and yeah because it was just pieces random pieces of steel with a fucking little tiny axe on the end. And it was, and it, it's it's a natural position was kind of closed up because of the spring, and he could whip his arm and it, and it would chop and then come back up. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and there there's so many cool like I saw one where the guy had a peg leg with a shotgun shell in it where he could fire a single shotgun round. That's pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah. The, the people got creative because you know you. Yeah, <laughs> that was a gambler. Yeah. Right. right. There. <laughs> yeah, it's a hidden uh, advantage. Well, yeah. you, you think about it. Like you're in the in the 1800s, you lose a limb. You're in the you're in the military, and then all of a sudden you're 20, and now you're just I okay. I don't have a leg anymore. I don't work for the military anymore. You gotta get creative. You either sit there or fucking create something you can walk around on. Yep. <laughs> and when there's a lot of people that didn't. Well, and think about back then too, like being disabled like that. It's not like today where we're able to accommodate, accommodate, and and make uh, prosthetics to where they're able to, you know, function with that leg in society and and run and jump and right. all kinds of things. But back then. Well, all, they didn't have any of that because there's no probably the cushion they had between their leg and mm-hmm. the prosthetic was well, probably just clothing. Now that you mentioned that, every prosthetic I saw had a practical function, like it did something. Yeah, it was it wasn't just a a hand. Well, a lot of them were hands, but they were, they had functions. Well, yeah, this is back in the day when you had to work. There was no, I'll just lay here and let the government pay me <laughs> like no you had even though you were disabled and you were ruined by the war the war you still had to make a living after the war was over. oh yeah you did oh yeah you did like like that's why the the guy with the hatchet hand i thought was the coolest mm-hmm. when i found that i looked into it and like found as much as like because i just i just googled uh civil war prosthetics and that came up and it's you can find it there's a lot on that guy i forget his name but it, it was a lot in use so cool. I'm going to bring it to an end with just what was in your classic Civil War surgeon's bag. Nice. <laughs> we know there's a saw. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, typically they would have custom scalpels. They would have three or four custom scalpels that were different shapes and sizes for different things. And then your bone saw. Mm. Hmm. And uh, one thing I didn't know that uh, a nickname for Civil War surgeon is a sawbone. That's a nickname <laughs> for Civil War surgeon. That's what they call them, sawbones. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of fucked up. But. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, always, always tourniquets. Uh, they would use a lot of sinew and leather. For Sinew is a surprisingly good tourniquet because it's really thin and can pr- apply a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And it's, t- it can, it's, it's tensile strength. Is, you know, if you're gonna, I saw this one really cool instrument called the, the, gold, the Golden Bolt. It's crazy. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a leather strap, and on the top of it, is, it looks like a wing nut. Mm-hmm. And the wing nut tightens the leather, 
So what they do... Oh, to make a tourniquet. Well, that's what they put on your leg before they cut your leg off. That's going to make a really good tourniquet. <laughs> yeah, so they... And that's... It was... I saw a bunch of crazy tools when I was looking at this specific thing. Well, think about it. They're going to have a basic bag, and then every surgeon's got this knowledge that they've, you know, gathered over time mm-hmm. of being during the war. So they're going to have their own instruments, too. Yeah. And then next we got what's called a hole saw. <laughs> a hole, it's, a, it's a saw that's it, it's kind of thin and tiny. It's to be actually be made to be put into a bullet wound and start the incision to oh. start. <laughs> <laughs> that's what a scalpel is for. Not to go down to the bone. You got to go all the way down. And g- 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 Ooh, can you imagine <laughs> like, the sawing your flesh? <laughs> uh. Ooh. Yeah. And then next we have lancets. And lan- oh, lens- lancets? Yeah. And those are no fun. Yeah. Have you ever had, the, have you ever, ever had anything been lanced before? No. That's like pimples, boils. Yeah, yeah. Anything like that that they have to just kind of nick and then it, um, Drain it ex- drains Drain. out. Pus and bile yep. and all that stuff that smells really good. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I don't know why I wrote this down, but they specifically had uh, four sets of tweezers in each bag. They're, well, they're, they're, they're different, different sizes. Different sizes. And then uh, I wrote down the last two things. There was last two things. Uh, they had what's called a bone hammer. <laughs> okay, so never mind. I take that back, Mr. Hammer Guy. Apparently, yeah. you were supposed to have one. Yeah. <laughs> And I wrote this. Still think it's fucked up. And I wrote this down just simply because I actually saw this phrase, ether if you're lucky. Yep. Ether if you're lucky. So in uh, 1865, the Civil War came to an end. Uh, the Hippocratic Oath became much more highly enforced. And luckily, I'm glad to be born today where there's Novocaine and penicillin and, penicillin and stitches and ultrasounds and x-rays. Vaccines. And vaccines and antibiotics. <laughs> you know, yeah. So. So many different things where we are very lucky to be where we are. Right. Well, that's uh, my story on Civil War surgery and hospitals. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I did. I did. <laughs> you want to tell them where they can find us again? And uh, we can be found by going to our Facebook page, facebook.com back for backslash three in history. And you can also find us by searching nerdybones.podbean.com and search under three in history. And we'd also like to close it off today by giving a shout out to our listener, VLA Dope Boy. We appreciate the likes on TikTok. Yep. Yeah, and like we were old and we were trying it out, and he he liked us. He liked a couple of our posts. So shout out, dude. We're not that old. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> okay, he thinks he is. <laughs> he is. Um. Anyway. Uh, and also before we go, we'd like to give a shout out to our listeners in the United States, United Kingdom, Barbados, Brazil, and somewhere described as unknown. Yeah. I'm going to go with Bermuda Triangle in Nowhere Land because <laughs> I like the thought of space cats listening to us. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. some, part, <laughs> some parts unknown. Yep. All right. So we got some good stuff coming at you guys. Uh, like I said, I got the reins taken off to do some really cool dark shit. So, uh, yeah, I think my next one's going to be, oh, I know my next one's going to be Richard Chase. So the, the Yeah, so I said this one was a 10 on the explicit yeah, scale. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, no. This one may maybe bump down to about uh, like six because that one's going to be a 10. Yeah, yeah. And we're, that, uh, yeah, we're going to get into that one. That one comes up. But if you guys are interested in the, in the guy before I drop the story, his name is Richard Chase. He was known as the Vampire of Sacramento. 
I thought he was a toy box killer too, wasn't he? No, that's uh, David Parker Ray. Oh, okay. Ah, yeah. So you got he's got all these things planned, uh, and yeah. I'm confused. I'm gonna bring you guys some dark and depraved shit. So yeah, yeah. So we'll see you guys next time, and thanks for listening. All right, we love you guys. See ya. Bye. Bye.